0: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you always. Really appreciate you joining us. Good Monday, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. Jump on in here. Let's have some fun together. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. There's Director Matthew on Twitter. It's at Show. Busy. lot to catch up on, right? Including... First scrimmage of the spring. We'll uh, talk about what we've learned from that. I have some thoughts on that as well as what the coaches had to say in their individual uh, press conferences, and then also, obviously, uh, kind of what that means moving forward as we as we look at this roster and those kids that are on the rise and those that are um, uh, that are, you know, perhaps fighting it out and holding holding on to try to 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 be tough enough to uh, fend off. The combatants, as there is a, a bunch of uh, competition segment group by segment group that is going to be fascinating to document. Final four is set, and I, you know, it's funny, Tom. You know, you know my feelings on this, but I, I, I thought of you yesterday when we watched what happened there, um, between San Diego State and Creighton, and I, you watched that call, and that guy, if you're that official, and you go back and look at what you called there. Uh, I, I, I would retire. I'd publicly apologize and retire. I just guaranteed that that group, anyhow, as they're currently constructed, uh, didn't make the Final Four uh, because of because of a, a what? I mean, I don't know a ghost call. I mean, it's it's impossible. It's impossible. If you watch that game, you saw what they let go. People get away with the entirety of the game, the entirety of that game. In fact. There were only fifteen total free throws attempted between the two teams prior to that total, and you called that Mickey Mouse hand check. I I, I can't. I almost thought it was an inadvertent whistle, an inadvertent whistle. Because you know officials realize, all right, no matter what we think the philosophy should be. You know you you've been of the mindset over the years, however you call it, in the course of the game, or a foul's a foul's a foul. Got to call it with one second left or 10 minutes left. It doesn't matter. Oftentimes, I've argued with you on this and said, eh, Circumstance matters. If, it, if it's been a great battle and the two teams are tied and there's three seconds left and somebody goes in the paint, we're going we're gonna to understand, both parties are going to understand that it better be a mugging. It better be a mugging. But no matter where you stand on that, you can't call that. You can't, you can't call that. that. That's crazy. And one of those games has to end that way. It's bizarre. I don't know how that coach didn't get arrested for assault because you know if you're that coach and and obviously you've you've been with them all year long there's there's some seniors on that team that they'll never they they that's it that was the only chance they had and you get that call against creighton it's just crazy to me I, it marred the, it shouldn't have marred everything you know but it I, i'm really happy for Florida atlantic texas always fraudulent doing what they do, blowing a 13-point lead. Unreal watching them choke that game away. Good for Miami.
1: So it was at eight with free throws coming at the under eight timeout, I want to say, the lead was for Mm -hmm. Texas. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have gotten four and a half to one on Miami at that point. So they're going to knock it down to six. There's worlds of time to go. Miami's been shooting between Did you jump on it? No, and I I regret that (laughs) I
0: I, should have. Texas was beginning to short-arm every shot, and you could see it. And the thing
1: was, Miami's shooting over 60%, but not the way they usually get baskets. Mm -hmm. So you know that the threes are going to come because they had only made two halfway through the second half. They're used to making double digits a game. Mm -hmm. So the way that they usually arrive at a certain point total they hadn't done yet. And all of these logical reasons are before me, and I I didn't pull the trigger because screw Miami. That's yeah, fine.
0: your emotions got you. That's they funny. Did. You they know, did. It's, it's funny you bring that up. I think it was around that time. Might have been that exact moment. Even we're on the same page here. I said to Bryce, Miami's going to win this game. This Texas is scared to death. And there's there's an Miami's answer. Going, yes, every, the only way is is extreme foul
1: trouble. They were in foul trouble, but it would have had to have been extreme foul yeah. trouble to help Texas get over the finish line.
0: It's hard to watch collectives begin to falter in a way that then becomes, you know, it's, it's when you're watching this manifest, you're like, oh, man, you, you're afraid to win. You're afraid to win. They didn't give up. They didn't give up, guys. You're going to have to actually close it out. They're gonna, still going to go ahead and fight. If you watch this Miami team, in fairness, I mean, obviously with that 25-point blown lead to us is the most insane result of the year. And thank goodness if there's going to be an outlier on the season, it's one that benefited us uh, in, in, in a bizarre way in Miami. But if you watch them, they were the most consistent team in the ACC all year long, and they played tough, and they were tough, and so that's why it was even more of an outlier that they blew the 25-point lead against us. We're not any good, and they are tough, and they were at home, and they that all happened. It's crazy, right? But you knew they weren't going to give up, and Te- I don't know, did Texas think they were going to go away? Because at 13, it gets cut, and it gets cut again, it gets cut again, and you're starting to see it. They're they're believing and Texas is believing less and less. It's almost like you want to call timeout. You know you have the lead, and you've had I mean, you you've got answers. Don't be, I mean, don't be scared. Everything short arm, right? Everything short arm. And that was an active whistle in that game. Very. Like for
1: example, if you had the San Diego State Creighton call, I, I just. If you had that call in that game. In that particular game, it's more palatable to me because the whistle
0: had been active. That's the way they were. The bonus was achieved with, I mean, an hour to go on yeah, that yeah, basketball yeah. game. I hate when refs take control of games. So that neither one is palatable, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It yeah. would have been in line with the way they the called it. The precedent
1: had been set. Yeah. yeah.
0: This was that that the the the, the Nimbard kid. Hand checking in that situation—it's barely even that. I mean, no, you, it, you it, can't yeah. even call that. It,
1: it's the tug before he leaves the ground. It's not even—it's not even the contest on the shot. It should be on the floor, whatever the, the foul situation is for a one and one or double. I don't know what, but it's—it's it's before he leaves his feet that where I think the actual foul. Would if occur. you're going to call it, if you're going to call it,
0: yeah. with that, the game is tied. There's a second. Go to overtime. Let the kids finish the game. This has been. A brutal battle the whole game. Don't decide the game. You just decided the game on a nothing, on a on a hand check. Come on, man. That it pisses me off. That can never happen. I mean, if you were the NCAA, you'd be furious. I would think, oh man, I I almost didn't want to I don't even watch watch the tournament. That's just nonsense.
1: I didn't watch a whole ton of this tournament. Uh, I watched the finishes of the first weekend, and then yesterday, just because the golf is, it doesn't lend itself to being glued to a television when you're watching a match play final. We talked about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did have Sam Burns though in the semis and in the final, and that was great. That was good. Good for me for the day. I, I didn't have him, Tom. It's you know that game is over. I think or sorry, the the final match is over with a minute to go in the first half of Texas Miami. So that's why I had meandered over to watch the second half of that game. It's just hard for me. That's, this is a sport that is very hard for me to watch when we are not involved, when Florida state is not involved. There are some other sports that'll carry no problem. College basketball isn't one of them, but I do know enough to know by looking at the box scores that UConn looks like an absolute machine,
0: a wagon. They would call it in hockey. I think UConn is going to win the whole thing. Uh, I just I, – I, I hate to see games, two hard-fought teams get through, you know, play a game like that, come down to the final seconds, and you're going to call that when you haven't called anything all day. Haven't called anything all day. You can't call that. You can't. And if you're going to call, call it on the floor, fine. I, even then – come on, man. We, <laughs> you really want the game to end like that? You want to take – you want to put your hands on the game right there? I do like that in the NBA – if you go into the paint, your prerogative. You can go in the paint. If you force the issue into the paint, they're gonna—they're not gonna bother with body. It, it's got to be across the arm or the head. You know. Yes, we're gonna make it a man's foul here. I mean, this is the end of the game. We want the players to decide the game. We're not gonna get all ticky t- tacky, especially if we haven't been calling the whole game. You just can't do that. Now, like you said, if it had been in the flow, they had been constantly calling things, which I hate. But if they had, you'd be like, well. Feels like anything was going to get a call today for two hours man. you know you can't do that for two hours today,
1: but not in that particular situation.
0: yeah hurts hurts. Uh, anyway we'll go we'll back to basketball in a bit. Uh, baseball team got swept and you knew when they blew the Friday game you're just like, okay, all right, so this is going to happen now they're just going to get drubbed from here
1: and they needed to be front runners this year with the mental toughness issues and and they're now behind. they are behind
0: Well they got four to tomorrow. Uh, you you want to talk and in Miami, in Miami after week? that? Yeah. You, if Did you, they just get swept too?
1: Yeah, Miami.
0: I think so. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Listen, it's a it's a weird deal there. They're not good. That's not a good baseball team. We're not a good baseball team. That is to say, it's pretty obvious they're not a good baseball team. There's too many too many holes. Uh, not enough pitching. They're not great defensively. It's a lot to overcome. I'm not worried about like I see people in my inbox or on the message boards like, oh Link is Link is making a come on, get the hell out of here with that already. You already know the guy can coach. You are you've already bore witness to that. We've seen it. We know the course of his career. It's not that. He does have to get his players in here, though. He is gonna have to he's gonna have to find some arms. I, I, I think I start there because I do think by seasons in, they'll be they'll be good enough offensively. I really do. But I they've gotta find some damn arms. And when you don't have a kid who you're supposed to have be your most important starter or pitcher, you know, you got a problem on your hands. I mean, they don't have enough as it is. It was already suspect. And they continue to have these issues. So I, I, it'll be fascinating to see what the season looks like at the end of the year. What it looks like right now is they're on the verge of setting records for um, losing. So, you know, unless you pull an upset over Florida tomorrow, uh, you, you've got, you're going to be sub 500, and you will have lost what is that? Ten of eleven. I believe you will have lost ten of eleven. It is woo. That's something to to behold. And then from there, I think um, you're right. That series against Miami, we predicted when we when they were going when they were going into this stretch that there was a chance they'd come out of it sub 500. Well, that has been realized. You lose tomorrow, not going to assume a loss, but it seems likely we would bet on Florida here in that game. Then you are sub-500. If you lose the series to Miami, now you're more than a game under 500. Let's say you lose two out of three to Miami. or you know, How do you respond? Those are all very good teams, very, very good teams. How do you respond? How do you get this back on track? How do you overcome what could end up be, being the longest losing streak in Florida State baseball history? Setting some program records the wrong way, my man. That's a toughie. Yeah, basketball too. Yeah, and you watch Miami get to the Final Four. Although, in fairness, uh, it's the it's the wildest of the Final Fours that we've really ever seen. It's the worst collection. I'm not taking shots at teams. Worst collection of Final Four teams, according to seeding. Um, the best seed that remains is UConn, a four seed in the West, and they're good. They're really good. Uh, but you have two five seeds and a nine seed. The previous worst. Collection according to seeding in the Final Four was 2011. UConn was also involved in that. They were the top remaining seed. They were a three seed. Uh, and then they that was the year that VCU and Butler. Remember that? Yeah. So so that's Yes. Ha- yes. Unfortunately, we remember that very very well. Yeah. But that uh, that Butler team was an 11 seed. I think VCU was a or, or maybe Butler was a, a an eight seed and VCU was an 11 seed. That's what it was. But yeah, that those weren't. And then Kentucky was in that group, but they were they were a four seed. But this is it's it's the first time all four uh, one seeds failed to make it to the Elite Eight. We said before the tournament started that the intrigue would be that it was wide open. There were no dominant teams in college basketball this year. And I don't know if we're ushering in an era where this will be fairly commonplace, but it feels like it.
1: I think it's going to be over in a year or two when COVID eligibility wanes and you start to get back to the oldest guys in the court being 21 and 22 years old. But these days, you got dudes who are like 24. Plus, the, I think also the NBA situation of the one-and-dones, there's going to be some more clarity on that because certain kids go to the G League and they get those contracts that you we talked about. You yeah. can go straight there now. You can go straight there at a high school now. You can play professional basketball, right? I feel like there's more clarity coming to that. We'll see. We'll see. Anytime the favorites don't win, I feel like that's when change happens because the loudest voices in the room grow louder. Yeah, well, that may be... In a sport that matters less and
0: less. Agreed. So that's the hard part
1: here. Glad to see that Jim Phillips went on the record this weekend and said, we've got to change the narrative around ACC basketball. <laughs> oh, dear God, you're right, Jim. I've been saying it for years. Been saying it for years. That's uh, got to be priority number one. Let's change the narrative around ACC basketball. Well, he's got a lot of his constituents that are flipping out. What do we do? What do we do? We're always so good at basketball. How no, about- you're not. You're not. How about you guys only play basketball? And, yeah. the, and the schools and that want to play. And leave us football-related programs. Yeah, you yeah. guys just stay together. You could even call yourselves the ACC. No sweat. No sweat. Just let us out of it. Yep, and we're going to go
0: play football. We'll call ourselves something <laughs> else. Well, the irony is that I remember the debate that happened on message boards, emails, uh, chat rooms, all of us. They would, we'd get this all the time on Twitter. People would say, would you exchange – The basketball and baseball teams being, you know, bad, going back to being, let's say, bad, if the football team could be good again. Like, if I promised you the football team would win 10 games again and be in the conversation for the college football playoff, would you take a terrible basketball season and, you know, an average baseball season? And almost overwhelmingly, this fan base responds with, hell yes, hell yes, don't care at all, that's fine, let basketball suck, doesn't bother me. Until they do... Until they do. And then when they do, all of a sudden, everybody comes from out under their rock. This is awful. Look at Miami and FAU. We should fire everybody. It's funny. They didn't care when we offered up that scenario before, as long as football was good. Well, football's good,
1: guys.
0: Football's really good.
1: You float me a really good softball program, which they steady kick ass in a good two out of three this weekend up at Duke. Mm-hmm. I could make that deal, as long as football's good. As oh, as, you don't yeah.
0: want basketball to remain I don't poor in perpetuity. We I, had so much fun at the TLC I double agree. C. Those. Those were great events. By the way, there's no law that says you can't be good at both. I agree. Look, it's... If you had to guarantee one, though, it's got to be football. If you, oh, if you only course, get one guarantee. Of, oh, Of course. That should be universal because of the money that it makes you. Yeah, that drives the bus. We know that. Speaking of which, we'll take a break here. And as we do, uh, I will read it you by saying, I think there's a lot of really good news to come out of that scrimmage. A really, I, I you know we we like this roster. We've talked about the depth of this roster. We've talked about the competition that's at play every week. We go to practice. I've been at every practice but one, and the underlying theme and talking point after every practice is, can you believe the depth here? Can you? The only position where that's not true is at linebacker. Is at linebacker, and. You know, you can live with that if your front's going to be really good because they'll be free to roam, and, and you just have to hope uh, that, you know, maybe they, maybe they will bring in a linebacker. Of course, you have Nicholson, the kid coming in in the fall. He's a really good athlete, might have the body type to contribute some early. We'll see. Uh, but then, you know, maybe you go and look for another linebacker. Other than that, you have, you really do, you have quality depth at every segment group and I think the scrimmage on Saturday revealed that yet again and there's reason to talk about that and get excited about that and really be hopeful of what that can mean come the fall we'll talk about it in a moment Jeff Cameron show 93.3 real talk radio and war chant TV what's up guys our next partner that you're going to hear from is athletic greens you've heard me talk about athletic greens in the past happy to talk about them again I take athletic greens every day and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair. But if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health Uh, habit. And uh, it is a a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, That's athletic greens. And uh, I I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product athleticgreens.com slash jcs check it out i think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day athleticgreens.com slash jcs Time or your money back, guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Jeff you you show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Good to be with you. Good Monday, everybody. All right, let's get to it. You know, I think, Tom, and you and I, we'll we'll talk about this some. We've talked about it quite a bit as we attend practice and and we look at the depth of this team and the expectations. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, one of the things that we're probably most surprised about, and I bring this up because his name came up, and it would be a logical starting point. We, We didn't think Jordan Travis would play all that much in this scrimmage. Turns out he didn't play at all. So that makes sense. Okay, I got it. You know what Jordan Travis can do. This is an opportunity for others, and they can talk about wanting to obviously not, I guess it would be a, a, you'd call it these days, you'd call it load management, but whatever. You don't want to put all those throws on Jordan's arm, and he's fine. You know what he can do within the office. But you also want to get, I think they really do want, my opinion here, to get a sense of who is the second string quarterback and how this is this jostling's gonna take place. Remember they got another quarterback coming in that they feel very, very good about if, if the Kronenbach kid turns out to be what he what they think he is, right? Turns out it's Cromanhawk. Cromanhawk, okay. Which is really easy. Much yeah. easier than looking at the spelling. And right, thing. right, yeah. It, yeah. Okay. So Cromanhawk. All right. So they, they love that kid, right? Everybody's excited about him, potentially. All right. Well. You and I have spent a lot of time trying to decide. We do it at every other position, but we haven't done it with quarterback yet. I don't. I don't. You know. I don't know that everybody we mention when we talk about offensive line or wide receiver or running back is going to view things the way that we view it from an outsider's perspective. I don't know if they sit around and do the math like we do the math when we talk about touches and opportunities. How many snaps, snap count that, you know, if you're the fourth string running back here, are you thinking to yourself, I should probably go elsewhere. It's, it's, you know, look, I get it. I, it's, it's unfortunate, but I I feel like maybe I could get an opportunity to get 15 carries a game if I were to transfer so-and-so, right? And maybe that's the case. I mean, Ward realized he could be a feature back if he left and there were no hard feelings. There, there was nothing wrong with that. He got a lot of touches last year and he's been an integral part of what Florida State did. But he saw the writing on the wall. He's a logical player. He gets it. He knows Trey Benson's the guy, and he wants to be the guy. Two people can't be the guy, so I got a chance to go over here and be the guy. Power five conference. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to showcase my wares to try to go and give my draft stock the best opportunity to be the best it can be. Fair enough. Nobody begrudges that. We go through this list of receivers and and running backs all the time and even offensive linemen and, and defensive linemen, but we don't do it with quarterbacks. I don't feel like all those guys are going to be on the roster. I think within a year one of these guys is gone.
1: I think that's something that you can say in general around college football because right, even right. before the portal, even before the portal turned into what it has and NIL turned into what it what it did, I mean think about all of the quarterback situations at the highest level of Power 5 football that saw big names go from one place to another. I mean, two obvious examples are Justin Fields and Joe Burrow, but there was a lot more than that. Clemson has has lost four and five star quarterback recruits to other places because right. they realized that Trevor Lawrence was there or Deshaun Watson was there. Kelly Bryant being one of those names. Like they've had guys leave. Uh, Taysom Pumachon. Remember, people were calling for that kid's name to be the starter two years ago because they had issues with their current guy, whose name I suddenly can't remember. But that's kind of part and parcel to doing, and Clemson wants to forget, that's part and parcel to doing business at the highest level of Power 5, especially at the quarterback position. And what's happening now has serious implications for Ireland when we play Georgia Tech in Ireland and who's going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, it's
0: fun. It, it does. And I'll tell you what, I get asked this a lot. We got asked it on similar Headlines, and I'll answer it here. You know, somebody said, is Tate Rodemaker the starting quarterback for Florida State when they take on Georgia Tech and Ireland in 2024? And I said, well, I mean, it would certainly seemed to be trending that way. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure anymore. I, I, it, this is going to be a fascinating competition. I think what I'm getting at is the competition for the second-string quarterback role right now is impacting, obviously, 2024 as well. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a shakeup. Well, the good news is there's going to be exhaustive reps for
1: everybody for this whole thing to be not a guessing game. Well, you, you, you talked about how you think looking at the schedule, there are going to be a handful, maybe a little bit more than a handful of opportunities ass kickings. in the 12 games yeah. for backups to get in. All right. That's one kind of set of reps. We already know in scrimmages, they're going to get more than they did last year because we know what Jordan Travis is. So there's another set of reps that's for just spring camp, And the fall season in between there's the spring game, which is another big set of reps. And then there's fall camp two days. Well, no more two days, but you get the point. So by the time this is all done next January, there is going to be so much information for these kids to crunch or so much for the coaches to crunch on each one of these players that you're going to be able to really handicap the race going into next spring camp. And we'll see if it gets that far before one of them leave. But I, I agree with you. This is a search. This is is an exhaustive search being conducted by this coaching
0: staff. Well, and this is something to pay attention to. It is very rare. I know what time of year it is. I get that it's spring football, and we're all giddy about next year's season and what this team can be. Realistically, high expectations are a thing that are warranted, and so every little move this team makes and every day they practice is something worth documenting and getting excited about. That's what happens when you have a team that you think is a top-10 football team. It's what happens when your first game of the season is against LSU. And we all know how big a game that's going to be. That's what happens when not only is your first game of the season of vital importance against a major uh, power in college football and, and, and a high-profile team, but it's also true when your fourth game is against the uh, adversary by which you have been felled way too many times in a row in Clemson. So you don't have – like, it's going to be honest, and we're going to talk about, okay, what are we? How good are we? How deep are we? How talented are we? Do we win that first game? If so, are we starting to talk about trying to win a national championship? Like, that will be what happens, okay? Well, if that's the way we see this playing out, then you know every day you listen very closely to what Mike says because, again, we've established, and he's even said it himself – he doesn't talk just for the sake of talking. He doesn't say things just to say things. So what does it mean to you, because I know what it means to me, that it continues to be interesting that Brock Glenn's name comes up because Brock Glenn has wowed us from day one. He he, he walks as if he's – he walks around like the starting quarterback. It's bizarre to see that kid's uh, confidence. Let's put it that way, t- confidence. He's a big, strong kid who's already making progress in terms of when we watch those reps, he,
1: he – He makes plays. Correct. He's not afraid. And I just he is so much more impressive through two weeks of his Florida State career than Duffy was. Well, way more impressive. Way more impressive. He's also got more to work with, so I always want to qualify that. that, That's fair. Because they didn't have this kind of depth to where you get these kinds of reps. And also, I'm sure he's playing with even better players if Jordan Travis is going to take a seat. The practices we've seen, not really been the case. So, Take him out of the equation and you get even more reps with even better players. And Duffy just, you know, I don't think Duffy took the the bull by the horns when he got here outside of day 1, but he also didn't have a fair fighting chance a lot of the times in yeah, the trenches running for when his you were life going all the time. Yeah. 11 on 11. Even if you're non-contact, it's still that way. I I agree though. Every player that they mentioned the coaching staff on Saturday as impressive is not a surprise. And if you
0: were listening to the Cameron Show last week, you're not surprised either, because these are the kids that we keep coming back. To. I'll get I'll get to all day Dre again as he continues to make plays, and uh, I guess we're going to get to a point where we decide it's entirely plausible uh, that that he is somehow part of uh, the rotation where he gets a lot of opportunities to to play big time college football this year. Jacobs looks like that guy. Like He can do it. He's that kind of polished right off the bat. I mean, we've seen this before. It's unfair to compare this kid to Rashad Green. I mean, that's who we're all kind of looking at each other thinking. Let's just admit it. That's what we're thinking. Because sure. when you see him, he's polished. He's smooth in and out of routes. He's not afraid. Makes contested catches. Comes in really confident. Makes plays when he when he has opportunities. So, to me... I think that's what people in the back of their mind are thinking. Now, again, is he? We don't know. Rashad was an awesome player, and Rashad wasn't Rashad until a month into that season, anyway.
1: Right? Because it, it was the Oklahoma game. With he had the connection with Trickett to start his career. Yeah. But then it wasn't until a little bit later that he became Rashad.
0: Yeah, and he and once he did, you, there was no looking back. He was just so trustworthy. He had one game in his career. It was against Boston College where he Ugh. he tried to you know, lose the game for Hot us. So it was crazy. I mean, Hot I don't know what happened that day, but garbage. But that's the only time. Like you never had a, another game like that out of him. Yeah, he, something must have distracted. Him. Was, I don't.
1: It was rain. It was <laughs> the rain.
0: I don't know. But he was always. Um, it was unbelievable. Uh, over and over and over again, he stepped up and made plays. And at some point, you just believed your eyes. At some point, you just said, "Oh well, this is uh, this is who he is." At some point, we're gonna we're gonna look at Jacobs and we're just gonna say, "That's yeah, kid's really good." doesn't matter. We're not going to have to qualify it with he's a freshman. Just, he's really good. He, I think we can already say that, that he is. It,
1: my question is, at what point does he hit the freshman wall because of the consistency of playing at this high level? Not, he hasn't done it yet. So is there a wall? When does he hit it? And is it the spring or is it once we get into the fall? It's just so much more is asked of you on a day-by-day basis You get a reprieve the way Mm. the camp is set up at present with one week in, one week off. Now, as you get into this Tuesday through Saturday, the following Tuesday and Thursday, is he still, by the time we get to the second week of April, that guy every day where it's no longer the surprise note of the day and he's just a steady Eddie? I think that's going to be a big telling sign.
0: You had to have been elated. Speaking of names mentioned Come on. very specifically, Come on. you had to have been elated to hear of Rodney Hill's day in this oh, scrimmage. Not surprised. Let me tell you. Well, he's going to get a lot of opportunities but, because they're not going to run Trey Benson a lot. Very happy. Very happy to hear he's doing as he should, which is dominate. He had a couple of real long runs we hear. So that's good news. And and that's awesome uh, that he played well and I'm excited for him. Uh, I want as many talented people back there as possible. Um, it would be fascinating to see how many of those running backs are on this roster come the fall. I think they're going to lose somebody there, too, for sure. They're going to be Rodney. Uh, no, Rodney's fine. They're going to lose somebody there, too. I would I would guess they're going to lose somebody there. Uh, you know, I while we're on the offense, I'm just saying, the offensive line has a, a ton of talent and a ton of depth, and those battles will continue. The sense that I get from listening to Alex Atkins. And from having been at these practices, nothing will be resolved in the spring. Now, you may end up having a kid see the writing on the wall. He might look at it and realize, I'm not winning this battle. That doesn't figure to get better because the guy I'm competing against just got here and he's already even with me. I mean, that, that could happen. So don't be surprised if I said it's the camp. This is the spring of hurt feelings. There are guys who've played a ton of football for this team who are going to take it on down the road. It's just going to happen. And I think now we're, we're closely monitoring each of these segment groups to look for candidates because uh, that's what competition does. It brings out the best in everybody, and if your best isn't good enough, you'll know it pretty quickly, and so do the coaches. Well, that's the thing about
1: this spring camp is, is we get to see the depth For the first time in a long time. And that was the big note about the trenches when we went to, you know, even the tour of duty workout where you just see all these large bodies running all over the field. And and they can do so at an athletic clip like a Jeremiah Byers, who you pointed out. He shouldn't be able to carry that weight and run Run like like that. Yeah, We've got a lot of dudes like that. And that was the focus early on. But there is a depth across the board. It's building through high school development as well. There are freshmen we are excited to watch on a day by day basis. Not just the quarterback, not just Dre Jacobs. Look, man, Hakeem Williams, there's no rule against him having a, a, a dominant week, let's say, you know, middle of April, before we get to the spring game. There's no law that says he can't do that and enter his name into the conversation. The glove has already been dropped to the ground, and Dre Jacobs is saying, I'm the freshman stud receiver. Do you see a response there? K.J. Kirkland was a name that came up as a standout in in the scrimmage. He does all the time, though. When Darius Jones is somebody who impresses the hell out of me. Lucas Simmons hit the weight room in the offseason in the upper body. Let's see what you can be. The fun part about the spring game, this is my new theory on spring games. The deeper (laughs) you are as a roster, the more fun the spring game is. Because they know what they have in their top end players. Every team does. They're going to get limited action because they got to play for the fans and for themselves a little bit. But if you have a deep roster, the spring game is... Really fascinating for the whole time. If you don't, the spring game is interesting for 10 plays. Well, not, Maybe done. not even then. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. This is going to be an interesting one. for the. I can't wait for the fans to see these people that we get to watch on a day-by-day
0: basis. Well, I, I'm t- the number one thing that's going to stand out to everybody who comes to the spring game that doesn't get that opportunity to do what we get to do on a daily basis is they're going to look at the offensive and defensive lines, and they're going to go, whoa, that looks like the stuff you see from the best teams in the country, and that's accurate. Are there better offensive lines than Florida State? Yes. I don't know how many more uh, offensive lines or how many offensive lines are going to be deeper. I mean, as currently constructed, Florida State again has eleven or twelve guys competing for five spots, and they're legitimate competitions. So it'd be what, what, hard to be deeper than Florida State on the offensive line. What can put us over the
1: top from a deep offensive line to a very good offensive line is a couple of these redshirt freshmen really coming into their own. I mean, we think Armella is on that path for sure. He looks the part. He's got the nasty edge. He doesn't seem surprised or shocked by the skill across from him, and we know that Jared Verse, for example, is a legitimate player. Like We know how good he is. So when Armella handles first, you say, okay, yeah. I know that he can handle the best of what he's going to see this year. But is it Jalen Early? Is it Daughtry Richardson? Both are playing well right now and excited. Is it Kayshaun Sapp? Like, who is it going to be from that group that emerges – as a second or third option from those high school classes, if you can get a couple more answers there, then your depth, there's an E word for the depth you have. I'm not not comfortable using it with the offensive line. I don't know that I ever will be. We're not there yet. But if those 19-year-olds add to the ranks legitimate starting quality and caliber play that you can rotate them in and out, buddy, this thing is not just flipped. It's become the strength of the roster. They're
0: at a point now, and I'll go to break on this note. To illustrate the depth and the talent on the offensive line that we're alluding to, they're at a place now where I think it is very easy to see which three or four linemen in that group need to go. Uh, there's some kids they just need to take on down the road. We got to get under the number where we're we're, at, we're above uh, 85. Uh, there are some kids. I'm not going to say it on the air, but I, there are a couple of kids that is in that group now. You need to take it on down the road. You got zero shot. You're never going to play here again. You got no chance. And so they've got some obvious – because the caliber of player that's been brought in and developed is to a place now where the separation is very easy. The line of delineation is very easy to recognize. And, I again, sparing some kids' feelings here for a moment, but there are three or four guys right now. I don't, well, what are you doing? I mean, if you want to play college football. I mean, some kids are just happy to be on a team. I got it. But, man, we, we don't – got to process some people here now. You, you got to move along. There's some guys you got to get off this roster that are wasting time. And I'm not trying to be mean. That, the coaching staff has to figure out, how do I get these guys? You got to find them a spot. Get them to take it on down the road. It's like E.T. <laughs> Just find them home. <laughs> you got to. It's Jeff Camberton, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Jeff Cameron Show on a Monday. Good to be with you. Appreciate you joining us, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, right WarChan TV. We still have to learn about a couple of players, too. We we I mean, we'll wait. I don't know how long we'll have to wait on Daryl Jackson uh, and whether or not he's good to go for the fall. Certainly would like to know sooner rather than later. And then uh, I'm still thinking about this Dimitri Emanuel situation, right? I mean, you, we're talking offensive line. He He could end up.
1: If he's in the rotation too, I mean, my goodness. Well, I'm
0: saying, think about what you got—gazillion guards again. I'm not yeah. even—I'm not even thinking about him yeah.
1: at present uh-huh. in that rotation. But you know, I'll say what is observable for the first four periods of practice: he's wearing his jersey, not participating in drills during that observ- observable portion, and he can't. But he is very much still actively around the program, engaged, mm-hmm. and I hope he gets good news. Because seems like a great kid, somebody with a lot of history with Alex Atkins and would deeply fortify the ranks at guard. This, that would be a good get, a big get. But when we are talking about names, at least when I'm talking about names in depth, I'm not thinking you about him in that rotation. Of not not. Yeah. No, 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 I
0: know. I know. Uh, I don't necessarily either, but I was thinking about it during the break. That's not a foregone conclusion. They may get him. Uh, the fact that he's out there all the time seems to suggest that they're hopeful, and uh, I would be too. So I'm rooting for him to, to be able to do it. So to me, again, I think the thing that stands out from the scrimmage is that you had big plays being made on both sides of the football. Once again, you're reminded that you have a couple of freshmen that are turning heads right off the bat. And on a team that has the deep roster, you would not expect to hear glowing praise of freshmen. So uh, when, when it happens for Jacobs, when it happens for Brocklin, kind of turns your attention to them a little bit more. Not that we weren't paying attention already, because every day we are out there, we're like, there's another play, made another play, made another play. At some point, you just grow to expect it. Yeah, what
1: stands out consistently about Brock Lentz, said this before, is just how quiet his mind appears to be. That's the thing. He doesn't look like he's thinking. That is so hard to be able to do just a few weeks into your first camp at the Power 5 level. Now, he's not going up against the starters exclusively. I think we can say that without getting in trouble. They're not throwing him out to the Wolves, and and he's got Jared Verse and Daryl Jackson bearing down on him on every play. Maybe that would change matters a little bit. I'm sure a little bit, yeah. But it's just amazing to see that he's not swimming. That's the impressive thing. And when he breaks the pocket or he rolls out on a design play, whatever drills they're running, 7-on-7, 11-on-11, he's just playing football. He's not thinking about what he should be doing, he's just playing. That that tells me that he is calm and that he knows what he's seeing and he's comfortable with what
0: he's seeing. Well, he's really athletic, so I think for one thing that happens when you're really athletic, you have that to fall back on at all times. So, one of the things that, you know, that, that can't get taken from you and that's not something you need experience uh, to get better at. Like if you're an athlete, you're an athlete. If you're a really good athlete, you know that. You've always been a really good athlete. You somewhere along the way you learned that you're fast twitch a little bit better than everybody else's. And at some point along the way, you were likely bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody. Now, he's not like a freak athlete. We're not saying he's Lamar Jackson. No. But he's a very
1: good athlete. And if you're listing the best throws in practice, he's probably still fourth in the list of of most consistently capable of making those throws. We go, oh, my God. Like, Tate still has the ability to throw the best ball every day in practice, and he does most days. Jordan is now consistently just – you can assume he's going to make three or four throws that you go, oh. Good luck stopping Well, that. and also,
0: he just always knows where to go with the ball instantaneously. That seems to be the thing with him. That's that experience. Duffy is turning in more of those throws now in he this better, camp than he has. I'm telling you, that's the battle. It is. I want I you agree. to watch that and Brock Glenn and see what happens because I think that's going to end up being close before well, this is all said and done this year. So there was a sequence
1: last week I was on at Thursday's practice where there, I don't know what to call the drill, but it's not individuals. There's groups mm. out there. There's an outbreaking route from Deuce Span, who had an excellent day on Thursday last week, that it's just a missile. Far side, I mean, it's got to have a lot of gusto, and it's got to be now, and it's got to be located perfectly, because the window's small. And Duffy delivers it, and you just go, whew, okay. Looks like you've been working a lot in the offseason, young man. That is a dime. Next set of plays. Dude's wide open, spiked in the ground, three yards short of him. Put it back to back. Like, I've, now I've seen the outlier for the
0: good. We got to eliminate the outlier for the bad, you know? Well, I think you have that problem with both your backup quarterbacks. Tate does the same thing. Tate will make the throw of practice, then he'll turn around and make an asinine decision and throw it to the wrong team. Once oh, practice. So, I mean, the door is open. And they're
1: telling you that with the reps, the way they're distributing. Yeah, yeah. You know? they, they are. They're and you've got, you
0: got another kid coming in. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, this is going to get interesting.
1: It's, it's a great problem. Also, should be worth noting, your guy, Tony Tokars, mm-hmm. seems to have a lot more uh, boisterous command of things this camp. I don't think I'm imagining that. I no. think there's a lot more confidence there. Confidence can be a thing for a coach, too. If you If what you tell Jordan Travis works and he goes from, well, X-Factor to a Heisman hopeful and one of the top three or four candidates, yeah, yeah. you
0: probably say things with more vigor and gusto. And he does. He's louder. I think the thing with Tokar is that would lead to that, not just the confidence that you're talking about, but he, he, he got confirmation that he knew what he was seeing. And so that, to me, is a really good thing, because he first guessed it. When I sat down with him last year at the luncheon that we had, just most recently, but the same one a year ago, when I asked him about that growth and the potential for that growth, he said, no, you're starting to see it now. I'm seeing it now in terms of the, the understanding of the offense, where to go with the football, and what he's becoming as a passer. And he, he kind of documented that in his answer. And then from there, I said, do you think we're going to see – I straight up asked him, do you think we're going to see a big step forward this year? I mean, I understand the growth you're referencing, but do you think you'll see it on the field, game to game, a much better version? He said, yeah, without question – it's a, it's sky's the limit for him. I think he's going to go and really impress everybody. Well, then that happened. That happened. So he knew, you know, if you're a coach, obviously you, you, in his case, you grew up playing ball. You were a quarterback yourself. You, you think, you know, what you're looking at, but it helps for it to play out that way. It certainly does. And you're right. That would infuse anybody, engender anybody with the the kind of confidence you need there to, to, again, know what you're seeing Teach it to the next guy around because you've had success with that guy. Challenge guys a little bit more authoritatively, including your starting quarterback. You see that every day at practice now. That's the word, authoritatively. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like I, I know what I'm looking at. I know I was right all along. It got proven. You know it. I know it. Let's go. Listen to me, guys. This is going to work. I've had it work. So- I don't know. I think the sky's the limit here when we talk about this team. I, I understand why you say what you do. I'm still reluctant to some degree to say that it's, you know, I mean, I, I, at times it sounds like you're implying national championship or bust. No, playoff or bust. Playoff or bust. Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying that I think it's a, it's probably fair for us to say you got to win one of the two between Clemson and, and LSU, right? And yeah. you'd be willing to, to say an 11-win season in the regular season is a really good year, and, and, and you have to play in the ACC championship game for this to be deemed a success. Yeah. And I
1: think that's accurate. If it was the schedule that's three or four years from now, and who knows if we'll play all these games. But, right, you know, right. you've got Notre Dame and Clemson and Alabama and, yeah, you know, I, Florida.
0: Was I thought Georgia was Miami. in there somewhere. In there. Well, I
1: don't think we play them in the same year. But there's <laughs> one year in the schedule where it's either Georgia or Alabama out yeah. of the SEC. One of the two. And yeah. then you're playing Notre Dame, Clemson, Miami. I mean, good Lord, yeah. Florida. In that type of year with this roster, and let's say those programs are at peak, 10-2 and two is great. But this year, there's two games. Come on, man. Split it. Split it.
0: Win one of those two
1: and play for the ACC championship.
0: Yeah, and we agree on that. Playing for the ACC championship and, and, and at least splitting those two games. And then you got to dominate the games that you should. I think they will. That's a think about that expectation. Pinch yourself with that expectation. Hour number two, forthcoming Stay With Jeff Cameron Show, 933 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.